This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We're estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven people who are killing it in life. They deserve to be celebrated, and on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and in between our interview episodes, we'll have Beauty School, where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s, and learning more about one another, because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun, and we have a super multicultural community, and we kind of think that you might too. So, why not talk about all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Plus, we'll be answering listener questions, so be sure to write us at truebeautybrokenpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, let's jump into the show. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. Welcome. It's Elizabeth and Alex. And today we have a beauty school episode for you guys. We are speaking with somebody that I'm really excited to talk to because she's a peer and I've been watching her from afar on Instagram for a while and I've been really wanting to get to know this person so I was excited to invite her onto our show. So anyway, her name is Sophie Pavitt and she's an incredible esthetician in New York City she is based in Manhattan in Chinatown, and she specifically specializes in acneic skin, so people who deal with acne, mm-hmm. and she taught us a thing or two. Totally, yeah. I was excited because, you know, we always talk about acne on this podcast because, you know, no brags, 35, still dealing with breakouts, and... And you know what I want to point out? Yes. I had a client and a friend actually within the same week describe skin skincare as being very gatekeepy. And while I agree to an extent, it's very important to say that everyone's skin is different mm-hmm. and there will never be one answer. Totally. Ever. Yeah. If five friends of yours have acne, there could be an underlying a different underlying reason for all five of those. Totally. And it can take a while to figure that out. Yes. So rather than gatekeepy, I think that well, Our bodies can just... that, like there's, there's only certain so many people who have the answer. That's what they mean. Is that there's like yeah, only yeah. so many people who like really know the science behind skincare. Like they, they're like we're the gatekeepers. Absolutely. I think that's what they mean I, more so. Okay. I kind of took it more as they feel like no one's telling them what they're supposed to do. There's just this like general information out there and it's like, well, it's very hard. Well, I think that they're right, right but but that's what makes us the gatekeepers. Yeah, <laughs> because... the gatekeepers, and I won't give you the answer unless you listen to my podcast. Well, then we are giving them the answers, right? <laughs> I hope so. I hope yes. no one feels like we're being gatekeepy. No, I think that what they mean is that it's this thing that for so many years has been gatekeepy. It has been, you know, and so we talk, I think this is why you're bringing this up, because we talk about this in the episode, right? We talk about how when I was growing up, I thought that facials was just something that rich people did. And I didn't know any rich people, and I certainly wasn't rich, so I had no idea what the fuck it was for. And in that sense, 100% it was gatekeepy, right? Because it's like you have to turn to Vogue or Allure or, like, if you can afford a dermatologist or an esthetician, which in the 90s, who the fuck went to an esthetician? And I think that your friends were right, but we, you and I, are trying to change that. And people like Sophie are trying to change that. Yeah. And it was great. She's so sweet. Also... She has a lovely accent. She has a lovely accent. And she 
you're right. She taught us new things. And I think also where you're going with this, Alex, is that there's so many different people look at the skin in different ways, right? And like she said things that I had already known, but she said it in a way that was new to me. Yes. And uh that was what was awesome about speaking with her, I think, was just like hearing the things that I know said in a different way that maybe this way will make sense to somebody who it never made sense for before. It never clicked. They never understood. Yeah, for sure. What have you. She also gives us a little insight into her journey as to how she became an esthetician because this was not her first career choice. Totally. It was her second. Yeah. And I love hearing stories, like transitional stories like this. Yeah. Especially because our our industry isn't easy, you know? Oh, yeah. And if you're at a corporate job and you're making good money, that could be really fucking hard. Mm -hmm, To walk away from. Yeah. something that's kind of... We're still, you know, the industry is really maturing. It's really coming mm-hmm. to a place where people know what the fucking esthetician is. Like, totally. what that even means. And you touched on something else that I think, Sophie, and obviously you and I are also really big on, and that's, you know, democratizing skincare, making it for everybody, making it less gatekeepy, mm-hmm. giving y'all the answers, you listeners, so that y'all totally. can go and tell your friends and be like, you don't believe me? Listen to these bitches on the podcast. They'll tell you, too. I love that. Yeah, me too. So I hope that you guys enjoy everything that Sophie Pavitt has to teach you because she's a great teacher. Yeah, she really is. And has a beautiful voice. I like listening to her speak. Totally. You also don't get to see her, but we'll post a photo because she's really pretty. She's gorgeous. Everyone's really pretty who we have. (laughs) (laughs) I just like looking at her. She's really nice skin. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, that's enough from us. Enjoy our conversation with Miss Sophie Pavitt. Well, my name is Sophie Pavitt. I am a licensed esthetician here in New York, and I own the Sophie Pavitt Skincare Studio. We're a downtown skincare studio with an emphasis on results-driven skincare, and we're known for our acne-clearing and like problem-solving facials. Love it. And your accent is fantastic. This is like an interesting conversation because usually for these types of episodes, we'll kind of like open up and they tell us a little bit about yourself, what got you into. Uh, your profession, but you're the first esthetician I think that we we're speaking to. Is that true, Alex? Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, talk to us a little bit about who you are, where you grew up, what that was like, or whatever got you into skincare, I suppose, and then we'll kind of like parlay from there till wherever. Yeah. So I grew up in Wales. I mm-hmm. I moved to the states when I was 20 years old, and I, my first ever job was designing underwear for Abercrombie and Fitch. Ah. I love That's that. Pretty cool. <laughs> I went to fashion school when I was, uh, you know, when I was a teenager. I went to college. I studied fashion, and then I moved to the states. I first, I, I lived in Ohio for three years when I first got here, and I always worked in accessory design. Um, and maybe 10, 11 years after my, you know, introduction into America with. <laughs> underwear designing days I started working for Michael Kors and I was his handbag what on his handbag design team for a, a number of years part of my job was to go to Seoul every two weeks so mm-hmm. not weeks every 12 weeks um so I went to South Korea every 12 weeks for you know nearly nine years mm-hmm. and with that wow. I just became obsessed with the wonder that is Korean skincare um oh. this is before it started hitting the states really i would bring home um like face masks for people and they'd be like why is this you know like this stuff um and i always loved skincare but it was it was really then when i would go and i'd be like you know i'm more excited about going and seeing what skincare is available in korea than the the actual handbag production i was like i should probably think about this you know being my job instead of of uh eaten into the other job that I have. So I went to Christine Valmy school in New York and trained on the weekends while I still worked in fashion. I did that for a year. And then I opened up a little tiny, tiny uh, facial studio where, well, rented a room on the weekends essentially from um, a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. And I saw all my friends for facials for a year. And you know, that kind of spread they would tell their friends, their friends would tell their friends. I had a lot of friends in fashion, obviously. So like models on set would hear about it. It got to the point where I was so busy doing the facials on the side, as well as my fashion job. I was like, you know, at some point I need to make a call what I want to do. Do I want to work in fashion? Do I want to work in skincare? 
So the way that I worked it was I opened up my books for a September. I was like, you know, if I if I book 35 facials, I'm going to quit my job. And I booked something like 86. Wow. I love that. It's like, yeah, it's time, you know. Yeah. Um, so I quit my job. I started doing facials full time. But alongside that, I started to work for a dermatologist. Mm-hmm. And it was really then that I, I, I found this more specific passion of problem skin Mm. um i work for a dermatologist called dr cheryl karcher and um it's within a med spa called center aesthetic and dermatology lynn woshtan is an amazing injector she owns it and i do more progressive more advanced treatments there and then i see um our clients at the studio as well, which is suffering from anything from acne to perioral dermatitis, rosacea. We really, we look at problematic skin as a general. That's awesome. That's great. I mean, it kind of shows, you know, becoming an esthetician is not an easy feat and you have to really love it. And I think that your story is a really good example of like, you loved it, but you knew it was going to take time and a lot of hard work on the side. And that is, I think, the reality mm-hmm. of becoming an esthetician a lot of the time. I think especially it, on your own. When I went to school, like nobody was in school for being an esthetician. It was actually interesting. It's, it's so like the last couple of years, I think, is really blown up. And everybody, it has. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool. But what I would say to people is I only started paying myself last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is a lot of uh, hard work and uh, I my hands hurt constantly. And yeah. It's not as glamorous as uh, it can be made out, but it, it's a really satisfying job. You know, I yeah. love working with people to clear their skin. It's super satisfying. After working with product for so many years, working with people and, you know, changing their their view on themselves and your face is the front facing thing that anyone sees first when they first meet you you know and I think acne especially can affect somebody mentally way more than physically in a lot of ways you know and people's confidence levels change from that is is ultra rewarding so yeah I love my job and I and I encourage people to get into skincare but it, it is it's, it's hard work yeah <laughs> totally when I was in esthetician school which was close to 10 years ago most people didn't know what an esthetician was like they knew what it was but they didn't know the name esthetician mm-hmm. and yeah. I feel like now even like men know what I'm talking about definitely when I say esthetician I think what's really important as well is to <clears throat> like what you want to do within aesthetics because you know, you can be an esthetician and go and work anywhere. You can go and work at um, any kind of spa, but but having like your specialty and understanding your secret sauce mm. is the the way that you get known for doing what you, you know. There's so many things you can do. You can do hydrofacials, extractions. Mm-hmm. You can do massage. These buccal massages that people do. Mm-hmm. Actions you can be good at, but but finding like the the niche part of of your skincare specialty is 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 great and focusing on that instead of doing a bit of everything. I, I, I like to do that. It's yeah. huge. Love that. Wait, when did you first start, um, open your skincare studio? So I opened my small studio in 2017. Mm. Cool. So that was a while ago. Um, and then after two years of that, I opened up my Canal Street location. We were there for two years and then we moved to Grand Street in the Lower East Side last December. Cool. And I- center aesthetic on and off for about three years so so all in all like five or six years it's painful yeah I love your story I I love it because it's hard it's really difficult to find people who are maybe not anymore hopefully hopefully these days things are changing but like I found it very very difficult to find people who are really passionate in this industry and it's kind of like one or the other and granted it's a trade right and we live in a country where everybody's like go to college go to college go to college so you know yes in college is great I loved my college experience but we kind of looked down on trades for quite some time until I think recently so Anyway, I love that you have so much passion and your passion lies with helping people. I feel the same way and with like helping people really love themselves. You said it perfectly. I can't even repeat anything. So with that being said, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because we're doing the Body Care uh, Chronicles on our show and we're talking about, we're talking to a lot of different specialists about a lot of different things. And even though Alex and I specialize in acne here, 
we talk about it enough. So we wanted to bring in somebody else who really specializes in hormonal acne, also um, pregnancy, specifically mm-hmm. hormonal pregnancy, and then also your mom. And that's different from Alex and I. So yeah, yes. I have two kids. You have Can two you kids? I have two, yeah. Oh my God, girl. Four months old. How Whoa. A four month old and how old's the other one? Two. Two-year-old and four-month-old? Wow, yeah. you're busy. Oh, you don't I've waste pregnant, any time. Yeah, I've, I've been pregnant for three years. I, I'm exhausted. Oh, but yeah. there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it, uh, they're great. It's just, it's, it's just a madhouse. And they're all boys. So wow. I have a husband and two boys. Yeah. I have a female dog. He's like <laughs> my only you guys. female energy at home. It's so funny. I have such a, like, girly you know, like female orientated job, like, you know, like self care and, and be like beautifying and all that. And then I'm in a house full of testosterone. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. You're going to raise great boys though. They're going to be like so kind to women yeah. and love women and absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to go about it. Aww. Yeah. Okay. So where should we kind of um, open up with this? I guess it would be cool to talk about, especially because this is your specialty and basically what you're doing day to day. I think, I feel like hormonal acne in women, especially in their mid to late 20s or older, has just like soared. I feel Mm -hmm. like I am seeing it more and more. And I'm wondering if you agree and if you, I don't know, have any information for our listeners about what that means. Yeah. I mean, what I love to explain to people before even going into like acne in general is is that acne is a skin disorder, you know, um, you're either predisposed to it or you're not. And and I find that most people are either, you know, it's 40% of the population are predisposed to acne. Mm. And what happens is, is that it travels through families and acne itself doesn't travel through families, but the predisposition does. And the predisposition comes from the overshadowing of skin cells. So our pores are tubular shaped. And traditionally, or, or what, what is supposed to happen with your pores is that they shed one time a day. And the body kind of self-exfoliates that pore and it keeps it clean and free from debris. What happens is with, if you have this predisposition to acne, there's a medical term for it. It's called retention hyperkeratosis. And what it means is, in layman's terms, is that your body is producing too many dead skin cells. People who are predisposed to acne, that they their pores are shedding like five times a day. So you get a lot of dead skin buildup. And with that, it doesn't break you out, but it sets the wheels in motion for other things to go wrong. Now, that is how your skin works. It's consistent. Um, your skin will always work like that. So whenever I say, oh, acne isn't curable, that's what I mean. Like that that initial, like the function of your skin is, is different to somebody who isn't predisposed to acne. Mm-hmm. The second thing that comes in, the, the, it's a chain of events that causes a breakout. So that's number one. Number two is oil production. Oil production comes and goes, whether you have a period, whether you're stressed out, whether you're on birth control, whether you eat certain foods, if you live in a different climate, if you're in Miami versus New York versus Alaska, oil production is really determined on a lot of environmental factors. Now, when oil production is up in your body and it goes into a pore that's already congested with dead skin cells, now you have a double problem Mm -hmm. because now you have dead skin and oil trapped within that pore. That won't break you out. But what it does is it causes a lot of congestion. What really breaks you out is bacteria. Mm. And there's one in particular that everybody knows about, C. acnes bacteria. It's not that you have more bacteria if you're getting a breakout. It's because you have a food source for it. That dead skin and oil is its favorite thing to eat. Mm. So it gets in the pore. It starts feeding on the dead skin and oil. It, um, it, it gets larger. It causes pressure on the cell walls and it causes infection. So that's how you really truly get a breakout. Mm-hmm. Hormonal acne is essentially your oil production going up. So, so that chain of events gets activated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, different things can increase your oil production. Testosterone increases your oil production. So things like Mirena IUD is clap. This is like a classic one that I see a lot of. Mirena mm-hmm. IUD breaks you out. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because it has a synthetic hormone attached to it called progestin. Mm. progestin is a synthetic form of progesterone and when it enters the body it converts to testosterone extremely fast Mm. and this is why it breaks you out 
um, certain, anything with like low estrogen. So, um, and again, I'm not a doctor, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just like putting this out there. I'm not, like, I'm not allowed to give medical advice. I am just like explaining how birth controls work. Um, high testosterone birth controls will break you out. Yeah. Low estrogen, you know, that you have to have the balance, yes. correct? Yes. Because, and there's, there's different, there's different totally. birth controls, essentially that can break you out and things that don't. Um, trans clients that I have who are on testosterone-based hormone therapies uh-huh. will break out like nothing else. Mm. It's crazy. So I we have like, trans clients that we see for these like acne-clearing treatments because their skin has gone crazy since they started taking tea. So things like that, you know? Yeah. really makes a difference. Everything – okay, so love everything that you're saying because I love hearing it spoken – explained to me in a way that I hadn't heard before and also in a way in which like there are things that I've seen that I couldn't I was just talking to you about this I was like I don't know why this happens but I've seen it across all these women I don't know why every woman that's pregnant that has breakouts has extremely oily skin but it's the same thing that I keep seeing across the way and you just broke it down beautifully that makes perfect sense to me to somebody who like sees it but couldn't name it love that number one the other thing that you were saying is that Alex literally I heard you on a call either on a call or here with a client yesterday um yeah and she was uh, an acne client you tell the story my story sorry (laughs) so she and I find this a lot that um if someone's on an IUD certain IUDs if they were someone who already struggled with breakouts like here and there I find a lot of these IUDs exacerbate it and this isn't the first time I've seen it. So when she said that she was on, I think, Kylina, mm-hmm. um, I was like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not saying that I think that's the root of all your breakouts because clearly there's, like you said, there's a predisposition. And she had dealt with breakouts before, but it was, like, worse yeah. after being on this. I'm like, this is, like, the 10th time this month that I feel like I've heard that. And, you know, I, I don't want to be extreme and be like, well, to get the IUD taken out, this client happened to be that the five-year – it's a five-year IUD and it's right. up, like, next month. And I was like, okay, it's time. Like, I'm not a – like you said, I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Discuss with your gyno, but do your own research first mm-hmm. Yeah. about what an alternative could be because this yeah. is definitely I, making your acne worse. I like a copper IUD for someone who is acne. Mm. If they – you know, if they're looking for a – Because that's new- non-hormone, right? Right, it's a copper IUD. Now, copper IUDs come with pros and cons. The cons are that they make your periods heavier, your cramps are worse. Mm. And Cesar is going to be better on your skin. So it's like your call to make that decision, you know? Right, Mm. because I think, too, a lot of these IUDs that make you not get a period, I'm like, well, you're throwing off a lot of the systems in your body by not getting a period. Right. So not surprising to me that you now have exacerbated breakouts. Not to say that's the answer, but it makes sense to me that it could have something to do with it. Absolutely. Oil production. Mm-hmm. Right. Comes and goes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think there's so much behind all of this and we're so used to, well, I think a lot of people are just wanting to put a bandaid on it. And I get that because if you've dealt with especially hormonal acne and you're like, I'm a grown ass woman, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Right. Um, but a client recently, she was like, I went off the pill because, you know, in like six months or so, my husband and I want to start trying. And she's like, my my acne's back. It's crazy, and I'm like, it's not crazy. You were just like, you were masking it. Yeah, that's the thing is like these medications work, and the the reason why they work is they knock that chain of events out. Yeah. So things like when you go to the dermatologist, what they'll do is they'll either put you on oil reducing medications, things like birth controls, spironolactone, Accutane, or they put you on low dose antibiotics to kill the bacteria, clindamycin, doxycycline, tetracycline. Mm-hmm. And they work because they knock that chain of events out. But when you stop taking them, that cycle is back. So yes. what the best way to treat your acne is to look at number one, which is the overshedding of skin cells. Mm-hmm. What exfoliation does your skin need? What type of skin do you have? What type of acne do you have? Mm-hmm. That's why I recommend working with a professional who can kind of steer you in the right direction with what ingredients you should be using, what type of acne you have, mm-hmm. lifestyle triggers that can affect it. You know, there's so many things. It's mystical. Yeah, it's it really is. A um, real big puzzle for everybody. What's your opinion? I mean, kind of like general opinion on dermatologist prescribed medications. Do you love them? Do you hate them? Are you neither? Well, it's interesting because I kind of live in a gray area between aesthetics and dermatology, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm medically trained, but I work for a doctor under the direction of them. So I see, I see it from both sides. Some people need medication for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think they can be really helpful at getting something really wild out of control into control. So, so things like spironolactone, for instance, right? This is a blood pressure medication that's often prescribed for really overly oily inflamed acne because it blocks testosterone production within the skin. Um, it doesn't block testosterone production, but it, it blocks the oil producing part of testosterone. So it's really great at like getting things under control. Mm-hmm. If you're already on spironolactone and you go and you, and it's not working, then yes, you should also be looking at your home care as well. You know, and these things are really great in alliance with your home care at the same time. There's no point taking medication and not doing the home care. Yeah, they can helpful Accutane on the other hand I think is very overly prescribed in this country mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a very dangerous medication it's actually a chemotherapy drug that oh not many, it permanently alters the way that your body produces oil mm-hmm. if you do Accutane over and over and over again which a lot of people do every time you do it you're minimizing the way that your body produces oil we don't know what the side effects of that is in the mm-hmm. future it's not just your skin which is reducing its oil production it's the rest of your body mm-hmm. people often come to me if they've taken accutane you know five six seven years ago and say my skin is so dry now i don't know what to do mm-hmm. it's hard to come back from that you know so yes some people need it absolutely but you know i've had clients who've come in with really minimal breakouts and being like yeah no one wants to put me on accutane yeah, i have like, to I have it's two. Scary, and, they don't, and they don't know the risks that are involved. So like, I'll right. tell them the risks. Like, wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah. And it's like, how did I had a woman on Accutane? And I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying that she, at the end, she came back and I couldn't even, I didn't even recognize her. She, the, the, her skin looked so beautiful. I didn't recognize yeah. that this was the same woman. But at the time, she came to me for like a full body wax. Yeah. And she said, oh, and I'm on Accutane. Mm-hmm. I said, girl, we're not, you can't do this right now. She's like, yeah. what? I said, your doctor didn't tell you that you can't certainly not get a full body wax. And also, thank God you're coming to me, who's asking you these questions and who can save your life right now. And she's and then, you know, later she what the time when she came back and she said, I don't know if you remember, but you came I came to you and you refused to wax me. And thank you because I went and spoke with my doctor. And she was like, oh, absolutely. She's right. But um, I didn't know that. And. I agree with you. It's a, such a strong medication, and it's not absolutely is not for everyone. Right. However, I do also want to say this because people I think don't understand. People who have beautiful skin don't understand how difficult life can be if you have severe acne. Absolutely. Severe, severe acne. Like how difficult it is to get a job to to do anything. Do you know? And this was a, a woman who worked in a very high end company and had to present herself in, in a certain way and unfortunately acne isn't that way and she was at the point where she was like I love my job I want to like, be free of this I've been dealing with this my whole life this is the last thing that I'm willing to try right. which is yeah. what I think Accutane should and it, be and you know what it worked she looked beautiful and yeah. she was beautiful before but like her skin was clear is what I mean not that she looked beautiful her skin was clear it worked but it's absolutely not for everybody because in the same hand as that I've had girls come in exactly what you're saying that they have minimal breakouts it's like girls get you on a lactic acid cleanser and a salicylic yeah. acid treatment and you'll be fine and they're like you know my derm was going to put me on Accutane thank you right and I think that's really important to understand. Like, I, I, I do think there are people who need Accutane, you know? I think always try the home care first. Yeah. And we can get you there without that. And yeah. then there's multiple things you can try before you resort to Accutane. Even spironolactone is great, you know? Mm-hmm. So, But, yeah, I just think it is, like, end of the road kind of stuff. Totally, yeah. And, and it can have amazing results. You know what's so crazy? I did a, um, I did a consult with somebody. I, I do a lot of virtual consults. And I had this one girl, and I'll always remember it. It was so insane. But this girl, I had a consult with her, and she was a bit loopy. And we were, like, talking. I was like, so what's going on? Like, you know, how's everything going? She's like, well, you know, I'm on Accutane. I'm like, no way. How long have you been on Accutane for? She's like, three years. I'm like, three that's years. strange. Like, tell me, tell me about your, um, you know, not a doctor, but I would love to know. Why you've been on it for three years? She would go to one dermatologist to get an Accutane prescription. When it was finished, would go to another dermatologist mm. because she was obsessed with how her skin looked on it. And I was like, "Oh my god! Like you got to stop this right now. This is like insane that you're doing this." Right. Oh my god. 
had no idea of like the dangers of it, you know, just was so casual with the fact that she'd been taking Accutane for three years, not non-stop essentially. Wow. wow. Um, and yeah, like, like I couldn't. Addiction. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm curious, what are your, because I see on Instagram that you post, you do a lot of um, virtual consults, you do a lot of long distance treatments. Is that correct? Like people don't necessarily live in New York to be treated with you? Right. So during the pandemic, actually, we were close for seven months. I'm sure you were as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a wild time. Um, we'd obviously been doing our acne program and consults and treatments in studio and so we took them virtual for when we were closed and everyone was on lockdown and it was so successful that we just kept doing it you know so now we have clients all over and we drop ship their products to them and then they check in with us um, periodically to make sure they're working for them but yeah we can get some great results from that that's awesome Um, and then we can research uh, facialists in their area and, and link them up with people to get the um, extractions and deep cleans and all that. So yeah, it's working really well. I, awesome. I love stuff actually. Yeah. Yeah. Really awesome. To circle back around to what you were saying at the beginning with when you were going to Korea and bring like pre the boom here with Korean skincare, what was it that you were seeing there that really drew you to skincare? And is there something that you take in your practice from that? Yeah. I mean, so uh, hands down, Koreans are the forerunners in in like skincare development. They were amazing at it. Um, and what I tend to find or found when I was going there a lot was that the trends there would would be emulated here like maybe a year afterwards, right? So you would see these things come up and you'd see them happening more and more within the Korean market. And then you'd be like, okay, this is going to be huge in the States. Sheet masks is the perfect example. The thing with what I brought back in my practice from my experiences over there was these maintenance facials. So I love going to a spa where you get a beautiful, luxurious experience. You go and you have this beautiful facial massage and it's like such an experiential thing. But over there, I found that you could go and get like these medical style facials where you would go, you wouldn't take any of your clothes off, you would just lay down in in almost like a seat, you know, um, and have your face um, peeled and extracted and and maybe an LED. And it was like very like efficient and you were kind of thrown out the door kind of thing. That was really amazing to me and, and inspirational. I was like, oh my gosh, like... Obviously, yeah, I would love to be able to come and do a, a every four weeks, come and do a maintenance facial. That makes total sense to me. And I saw a real gap in the market in New York, especially before that. You know, you have all your really lovely um, fancy spas here, Joanna Vargas, Rescue Spa, Joanna Check, all these like beautiful experiences with these super talented facialists. But there was not really anyone doing more of a personalized maintenance facial mm-hmm. where you come in, it's almost like making a relationship with a hairdresser, right? The radio's on, it's not whispery in, our, in my studio at all. We have five treatment rooms. We're all very loud and, and like uh, collaborative with things. Sounds like so many- yeah. Yeah, 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 I think it just felt more... Um, more like people will come in every month than that, than, than in, you know, something like really, really expensive and super, super luxe. It's, totally. it's, it's not like that. It's about results and, and figuring out, okay, if we see you every four weeks, we're going to get progress with your skin yeah. instead of being like, okay, I'm going to save up and, and see someone every six months. Totally. So that's how we work. Totally. I love really, that. Yeah, I love it too. That was, we're on the same wavelength, girl. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When 
I was growing up, like, I just thought that facials were, like, this thing that rich ladies did. Like, I didn't what? understand what, like, why somebody, I had no idea. I just thought it was something that rich ladies did, and I wasn't a rich lady, nor did I know one, so don't know what a facial <laughs> is, you know? So I love that these days, the young, like, us, the younger generation, us, and especially, like, Gen Zers are really, we're taking control of the knowledge, of the distribution, of the education, and really trying to make sense of it in a way and right. also like make it fun and yeah everybody wants to look good man everybody wants totally to look good. And, and the thing is like like you said it's like skincare is just so popular now you know it's like when when i was gr- when i was growing up when i was growing up yeah this was like the spa to go to right and you would go to bliss and you'd yeah. go to your little bro and you'd get like a chocolate brownie and you and your little like spa water and you'd have your facial and it would be like such a beautiful like fun experience but but i would go out of bliss four hundred dollars worse off mm-hmm. and not and not have any like uh more knowledge about my skin i would have had a lovely time but like in that treatment room it wasn't like we were chatting about my skin right. and that's what i no really wanted to i wanted the education aspect to be really prevalent in my spa where people come in and they learn something about their skin mm-hmm. are they using the correct products are they overusing certain products like what do they personally need and i think that that was always like the foundation of this place is like we want to teach people about their skin. We want them to feel better about it, but also to go away and, and know how to treat themselves at home too. So yeah, it's different these days, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I guess I don't have like a ton of clients currently who are pregnant, who I'm doing facials on, but from your experience, what do you, what kind of changes do you see? I mean, from your personal experience and with clients, um, yeah. what so, kind of changes do you see in the skin when people are pregnant? So hormones do a number on your skin melasma you know like the mask of pregnancy everybody tells you about is real mm-hmm. um your hormones stimulate your pigment cells really really intensely so a lot of times pregnant women like you'll get like these uh pigmentation marks on your cheeks you get them down your stomach all these things and um, the initial like feeling is that you want to treat them while you're pregnant that's absolutely not what you should do your skin is ultra sensitive when you're pregnant and especially afterwards as well when you're nursing I'm still like a little bit I'm I'm like just finishing nursing now and I'm still like a little bit on the fence in terms of like what I want to do for my skin because my hormones are still crazy there's no point treating it right because it's almost like washing your car when it's raining outside like your hormones are going to do work against whatever you're trying to do Um, protecting your skin when you're pregnant is the like the peak of your interest, right? So you need to be a lot of SPF. You need to seek shade. I wouldn't stand outside on a hot sunny day being ultra pregnant. You are going to get loads of pigmentation doing that. And mm. um, the only real ingredient that you have to really watch for when you're pregnant is retinols, um, vitamin A products, retinols, all that kind of stuff. The research behind that is is uh, based on oral isotretinoin, so Accutane. Mm. Um, Accutane causes deep birth defects. We know this. It's 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 a very it's a tetragenic uh, medication. So so as a result, all vitamin A products have been kind of off the table, even if they're topical mm. when you're pregnant. Um, BHAs. A lot of people have. Um, you know, a lot of people will say that you can't use salicylic acid when you're pregnant. Personally, I did. Um, it depends, you know, again, not a doctor, not giving medical advice, not telling people to use VHAs when they're pregnant. But salicylic acid research was actually based, again, on oral salicylic-derived uh, medications, most importantly, aspirin. Mm. Um, aspirin crosses the placental barrier. Do they prescribe uh, aspirin for pregnant women? Yes, when you have blood clotting uh, tendencies, they give it to you. So so again, it's like a very gray area. I think if you're using salicylic acid a couple of times a week in a cleanser, you're probably fine. But I totally understand if you want to avoid it too. Willow bark is non-systemic. So that's, you know, it's, it's a natural version of VHA that you could use. If you do have oilier pores and you want to do a deep clean, maybe that would be something that you could use. Mm-hmm. And hydroquinone as well, you shouldn't use when you're pregnant. But everything else is game on. Mm. Like lactic, I think yeah, go for it. it. It's good to keep your skin exfoliated when you're pregnant, but be careful because you it will be more sensitive. Mm. Oh, that was a lot of great advice. Yeah, how was your skin during your pregnancies? It was amazing. Mm. <laughs> I see this a lot. 
It was the best it's ever been. Yeah. I have really, really dry skin, so like ah. my been more oil production for me. I was like, chef's kiss. My skin yeah. looked great. You, know, you had the was, pregnancy glow. I had that pregnancy glow for sure. Yeah. Now you still two, look glowy. I've been three years on and off being pregnant and nursing. I feel like a dried out husk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to take control of this body. They've again. sucked all the moisture and milk out of your so body. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I feel I feel depleted. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready for a glow up for sure. Um, uh, I have a question that you might not know the answer to regarding uh, oil production and dry acne, like dehydrated acne. I guess the dehydrated acne is like water lacking acne. Like I've always, I haven't always had acneic skin. My acneic skin started my late third, my late twenties. Excuse me. Yeah. And. But I also am just now realizing that I have my barriers impaired, and that's why everything in my body is just like completely dried out. That it isn't it's not oil, lacking oil; it's acting, lacking water. But it's yeah. also lacking oil. Yeah. And so I'm curious. I mean, I don't know. I'm just always curious, like why? Do you know what I mean? Everything yeah. that you're saying is making sense, but why? Explain to me, dry skin acne, not dehydrated acne. And also, oh, if you can't do it, that's fine. I'm putting you on the spot. Think about what I went, what I said earlier about the foundation of all acne is the overshedding of skin cells. Yeah. Now, now that can that can relate to dry skin as well. Now, not in not in a like predisposition to acne, but if you have a lot of dead skin buildup from being dehydrated and super dry, that is the starting point of getting a breakout because you you're born with dead skin cells, right? Yeah. So again, it's not about the oil production. You can be the oiliest person in the world and have flawless skin. Oh, yeah. You can be the driest person in the world and have grade four cystic acne. Mm -hmm. It's all about the dead skin cells. How is your skin being exfoliated? How are your pores being cleared? Yeah. Um, I always tell people if they have dry skin or if they have congested skin, but it's drier, is to start taking a fish oil supplement. Mm. Now, fish oil in general, I will like scream from the rooftops, everybody should be on a fish oil. Uh, even if I have like a vegan client, I'm like, mate, can you just take a fish oil? <laughs> Please. It's not the real animal with a head or anything. <laughs> it works so good. And the reason why is this. Omega-3s, when we're lacking in omega-3s, our own oil production becomes very waxy and hard like a crayon. Mm. I can tell if somebody's vegan just by touching their face. Wow. Because all the time, and this is like a blanket statement, so it's like not all vegans, but most vegans are lacking in omega-3s. Mm, yeah, they're not getting any like, cholesterol. There's a lot... No, missing that your skin needs. There's a lot of healthy fats and oils that you don't get in a vegan diet. It's mm. plant-based. There's no fats or oils in plants. Mm. Vegans should really focus on omega-3 supplementation. So things like flaxseed, chia seed, Brussels sprouts, weirdly enough, have a lot of omega-3s in them. Mm. They will soften the oil production that your skin makes. It's like the skin feels like very, um, it's, it's like hard. I can feel it. Mm. So omega-3 super important yeah and you do read that whenever you read the list of like the best uh supplements for clear skin or for for skin period fish oil is always on it yeah for sure yeah also for you americans that's omega threes omegas <laughs> no it sounds way nicer with it your sounds accent. way nicer with your accent which is why vitamins, I like... vitamins. Yeah, omegas yeah, no sorry. no let's keep it your way omega it's nicer <laughs> I like it. Keep him guessing. Keep him I know. At first, I was like, "Wait, what?" And then yeah, I but I was just going with it. I liked it. I'm the worst at understanding accents, though. I can only understand like a Long Island and Brooklyn accent. Uh, <laughs> um, my two-year-old got like a crazy Brooklyn accent. It's hilarious. I you know? her, her two-year-old. I oh love my that. god, I love that. That's so great. I've talked before about how my sister. She's 11 years younger than me. She's my half sister, and when she was learning how to talk. She would say, my stepmom's from Queens, so she yeah. would say a lot of words in a Queens accent, and I'd be like, that's not really how you say that word. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, like a two-year-old, you know, like just learning to talk. Yeah. So cute. I love that. I love baby Brooklyn. I love it's any baby accents. They're so cute. They're so, so cute. I know. The little raspy voice is so funny. Oh, my Aww. goodness. So he doesn't have, like, any bit of an English accent? No. Welsh, Welsh. Welsh, Welsh. Welsh, Welsh, Welsh. <laughs> yeah, not yet. I don't know. It's it's really it's hard. To, he's just started talking, so like he'll he'll like he's got sentences now where there's like some words he'll say. And I'm like, damn, he is from Brooklyn, you know. <laughs> he's like, damn, ma. Yeah. <laughs> but, Yo, ma. But uh, 
my husband's from California, so he's got like another accent completely. So I'm so curious to see how, how it goes out. Okay, I wonder if maybe from the beginning you just had your husband mimic your accent. If maybe then <laughs> it would have worked, would have stuck. Sorry, not to bring it back, but I know that you got to get out of here soon. What about post-pregnancy skin? Post-pregnancy, yeah. what what are some things to look out for? What are some things that you've seen? What are some... Because we had some questions. We had, did a listen to another episode, and people were saying, like, what can I expect after pregnancy? What is my skin going to do after pregnancy? And I was like, girl, I've never been there, but yeah, you have. I, it, again, hormones are really, really present in your skin, whether you're nursing. Like, a lot of people nurse for a year after having a baby, you know? Like, again, it's like still... You're not pregnant anymore, but your your hormones are still pretty rampant mm. but super super dry after both of my pregnancies and me and my sister would laugh about it because like she she's had two babies and and it's like a weird thing that happens your feet get so dry and I would be like my feet are so dry and she's like oh my god my feet are really dry too like it, it was too, it was like almost crazy I'd be I'd buy like foot cream I never used to buy foot cream <laughs> yeah that is and then, interesting. And I was like, oh my God, my feet are like painfully dry. So again, yeah. it's like this baby sucks the life force out of you, you know, like yeah. and nine months making it, but then making milk is like a big thing. So yeah, I feel super dry now. Yeah. But y- you can, you can ramp up your active stuff after you've had the baby too, you know, like nursing. Yeah. You've got to be careful, but you can be a little bit more uh, generous with your exfoliation and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, mamas to be, you better put foot cream on your bridal, uh, your right? baby yeah. registry. Also, the dryness. I used to use like O'Keefe's, you know, like the yeah, stuff like yeah. the real tough stuff. Yeah, yeah, for the old guys. Like I, my husband uses it on the same. Yeah, he does have old man hands though. Yeah, and I'm like so embarrassed that I like, put it under my sink. You know, it's like because <laughs> it's not pretty where it belongs. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, mom's foot cream under the, under the sink. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Also, just learned. I didn't know that about a dry, dehydrated your skin. Your skin gets after pregnancy, but it makes sense. It yeah. makes perfect sense. And also, all these. Whenever I see new moms, they always look so tired, and this sounds awful. Well, like tired. Understand, right? You guys, you got a brand new baby. You're doing literally the most. I apologize for even bringing up the tiredness. But I bring it up because it's not just that they're not sleeping. It's that it's the dryness. Is oh, making yeah. everybody just it's, it's just making them look t- more tired, a little bit older, and yeah. so yes, yeah, so we need to hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Um, oil, 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 low dose, right? Water and oil, we need. Would you Water, say? Oil, possibly a bright filler, depending on <laughs> what you want to do. But she bright... did she say a little bit of filler? Yeah, just a little, <laughs> just a little, psh, psh. A little, a little bookmarks, a little tweak here and there. Like that's that's my favorite anyway. Just like just I love like, it. Yeah, yeah I just <laughs> never say way. never. Whenever someone asks if I'll ever do Botox or fillers, I'm just like, never say never. Mm-mm, no, never. I haven't yet. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, why not? It's yeah. a wonderful thing in the right in the right context. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Totally. And we just learned from Dr. McGregor um, when she was saying how like the newer these fillers can really just like spread through your skin. And, like, really just help with the agedness of your skin. It doesn't just kind of sit there anymore. It's, like, really everything is advanced. So that's yeah. what turned me on to it. I was like, give me some hyaluronic right in my cheeks, please. Yeah. It's putting water to the right areas, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need cool. it. Yeah, I love that. Our skin right. can only absorb so much, so. Yeah, and it can only drink Sometimes you move to the big, big guns. Juice. It's true. The big guns. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so, so much. Well. It was so nice to what meet you. We... Obviously, of course, like, we've known you for... We followed you from time. afar. We've known you on the internet. Aww. But before we let you go, will you tell us where we can send everybody to support you? Instagrams, yes. the websites, all of the things. Yes. So my Instagram is Sophie Pavitt. That's S-O-F-I-E-P-A-V-I-T-T. And the studio is sophiepavitt.com. Super easy. Um, you can email on, uh, you can DM on Instagram or send an email to info at sophiepavitt.com to book any facial uh, treatments within the studio or our advanced treatments that I perform at Centre Aesthetic and Dermatology in Union Square. Love it. Awesome. Love it, love it. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that chat with Sophie. 
How sweet is she? She's a and knowledgeable. Smart girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but we thought it would be great that even though we know a lot about acne, we know a lot about the skin, just to kind of gain, again, like we said, maybe things we've taught you, but hearing it in a different way. Mm-hmm. She is just really great at speaking. Totally. Yeah. I agree. And I love that she's working with people that are, she has the same sort of thesis as we did in that how do we reach people beyond just these four walls? How do we take this passion that we have and that we know people want to hear? Like, how do we make it, bring it to the masses? And so she thought of virtual consultations and that was the best way that she could spread her message. The message of Sophie Pavitt. (laughs) But yeah, I just love bad bitches that are out there trying to do their thing, make dreams come true, you know, give back to the people and make people feel beautiful. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Yes. Love it. And I love connecting with other estheticians because the community of estheticians in New York City is small but big. Yeah. But small. Totally. And thank God for social media. How did everybody know each other before this? You know? You just didn't. And oh my God, before maybe five, ten years ago, the amount of estheticians in New York City was probably so tiny too. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You know, our industry's grown so much. Mm -hmm. But... That's it. That's it, guys. Send us your listener letters. We haven't been asking you for, I mean, we ask you at the end of every episode, but y'all been slacking. We want to hear from you. (laughs) Also, you don't have to just send us letters about your skin or questions about your skin. We just love to hear from you and know who's on the other end of the microphone. Yeah, maybe you just want to say hi. Maybe you just want to say, hey, what's up, girls? This hilarious thing happened to me. Hey, what's up? I got my pussy waxed and I thought of y'all in a (laughs) non-sexual way. If it's a sexual way, that's fine, too. Um, hey, I don't know, whatever. What do you want to tell us? Want to tell us something funny? Want to tell us about your cat? Oh. Alex loves cats. You could tell me about your cat. You know, let's backtrack a little, but I didn't know them, but I'm older now. Just talking about weird shit you did when yes, you were younger. Yes, totally. Those are my favorite stories back. just in general. Hearing what everyone was like, even just in their 20s. Totally, yeah. Especially in their teens. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. We'll tell you guys ours if you tell us yours. It's a little mm. tip for tat, little tip for tat, you know? We've got plenty. <laughs> um, you can email us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at truebeautybrooklynpodcast. You could DM us there. Mm-hmm. You could say hi. Rate, review, subscribe. Hey. 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 Rate, review, subscribe. Oh my God. Hey. She's like twerking in our chair. <laughs> Titties are out. There's a lot going on. My titties are out. I don't know why I thought that this would be appropriate to wear like out in public. It totally isn't. It's It's very appropriate. No, just for right here in the studio between with me, you, and all the listeners. That's it. So good. We'll see you next time. I think that's it. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This has been a COCBK production. Produced by us. Elizabeth Taylor and Alex Shapiro. Our engineer is Bart Tripoli. Our theme music composer is Zebra Sonic. Our artwork is by Garrett Ross. Our photos, hair, and makeup are by Sabrina and Joe Holdsworth. If you're an advertiser interested in advertising on our show, go to midroll.com slash ads. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.